He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Praise the Lord and welcome to the question and answer segment of this program. I realize during my conferences and even after that we all come and we have questions, we have dilemmas, and we have issues. Everybody has issues, no matter who you are. The woman with the issue of blood was not the only woman with issues. Hers was an issue of blood, but we have issues in all our lives. And I am no wise sage or any super woman, but I know by experience, for the Bible says, I have learned by experience, you know. So I know ex- by experience that the Bible has the answer. That the Bible is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path in a very dark and dreary world. And it is the counsel of God that by his grace I seek to bring to the people of God. I have no wisdom of my own but only the wisdom that comes from above and the wisdom that comes from the word of God. Therefore, let us just relax, trust in the Holy Spirit to bring us answers, trust in the Holy Spirit to be a wonderful counselor in this segment, and trust God to bring us answers. Beloved, I am not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Cause Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. Reflections of your past 
you cannot climb I know your skies are dark You think the sun won't shine In case you don't know But the word of God is true And everything he's promised He will do it for you That's the reason I say Jesus is Then I, as far as you write your questions, I also want to say that there's a prophecy about marriage that can also not be ignored in the Bible. You know, it tells us that they that marry shall have trouble in the flesh. You see, 1 Corinthians 7 verse 28. But, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she had not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you. Trouble in the flesh because you come from two different backgrounds. Trouble in the flesh because you are both male and female. Trouble in the flesh because you are all different temperaments. Trouble in the flesh because you think differently. So all that the flesh would like to manifest. But that is why you need to be spirit-filled. To live a spiritual to be a spiritual person in your marriage. Amen. Hey, Reverend, please, I want to know that does the way a lady dress scare men away? Decent and fashionable way, yeah? Um, the Sunday before Valentine's Day, we had a singles mingle in the church. And the sisters were saying that the brothers are afraid to approach them when they dress well. And they are smart. And some of them said, People feel that fair girls are bad, so they keep away from them. So they want to tell them, to tell the brothers, we are just girls. Ooh, there's nothing, we are just girls. So I think that sometimes the way a woman dresses may intimidate a man. But you are saying it's decent dressing. But of course, if it's a some way dressing, yes, it should intimidate us because we are spiritual beings. And some of the dressing is frightening. But if it's decent and fashionable... I think sometimes the brothers feel, well, this is a very expensive girl. I can't afford her. But I don't think they should be deterred by that. They should rather look at what is inside and flow with you. Amen. And you, the sister, you should also be approachable, not so high and mighty. Life is not proud, arrogant. Okay? Um, my question is just about the, the aspect of courtship or dating in a relationship and people usually say it's very important prior to marriage i want to know whether there's a particular time period you would put on that aspect whether there, sh there should be a period of courtship and how long should you court someone or date someone before you get married to the person are you in a relationship yourself Yes. You are not answering my question. Yes, I'm in a relationship. Yes. Ah, okay. So are you courting? 
So is it long short? <laughs> well, the Bible says, I think it's 1 Thessalonians 5. It says, among all other things, that um, prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. And I think that in proving things, you need time. Because time brings out certain things. So what we believe is the courtship should not be too long, neither will it be too short, but it should be enough for you to know each other. I think that that is important. So that it's not rushed, and at the same time, but sometimes too, when marriage takes too long, the people eventually break up because of all the stresses and things involved. So um, I would say, Emmanuel, that I think there should be some time of courtship before marriage. And it also would depend on whether the two of you are working, whether the two of you are already mature, whether the two of you have already walked that road and your ages and all that. But I think that the best time of courtship is in school. And that works very well. First Corinthians 5.21 But test everything. And hold fast to that which is good. King James says, prove all things and hold fast to all that is good. So I hope I've answered your question. Courtship allows you to develop your friendship and your knowledge of each other. Lady Reverend, please, I want to know that that's the way. Okay, I've read that. Hello, Auntie Mammy, I so love you. Please, how will I know he's my bone of my bone? The Bible says, can any two walk except they be agreed? So unless there's a flow and some unity, you cannot walk. When there's two visions, there's division. That's what division. So when there's division, two, div two visions, it doesn't work. So you have to know whether you have the same vision, whether there's a flow, whether there's peace in the relationship, and whether you see a future. So many things I cannot preach all. But I brought some messages before you say I do. Do you understand your marriage vows? 25 reasons why some women may not get married. It's all at the back there. And um, it's at no profit to me anyway, personally. But it's, it has time to discuss your issues. I want to know at what age a young girl should start considering being in a relationship. Um, usually, first, second year. Second year, first, is not bad to start. Because by that time, you are beginning to mature. Not only in body, but in the mind, in emotions, and even you have to be financially mature to marry. Emotionally mature, spiritually mature, physically mature, and financially mature. That means both of you have jobs. Not that you buy everything you need before. How would you know if you meet the right person? There are messages on the how to be found, how to be marriageable. You will know if you've met the right person, you will know. But please, Christians, pray about your future. Pray about your relationships. God to lead you. The Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path by showing you things that you wouldn't have known otherwise. Okay? So prayer is important. Is it a sin for a girl to confess her love to a man? I mean to propose. It's not a sin, but it's not nice. It's not nice. The Bible says when a man has found a good thing, not when the good thing has found the man. So um, I would think that you should let the man propose. I have friends. 
that the woman proposed. Up to today, they are married with three children. The man tells me, but on no crown, no proposal to me. It's not me who propose. I mean, that's what he said. So later, he will use it as a point of reference. So be the one you should be so that you will be found by him. There are many ways you will be close, but, you know, Ruth went to Boaz's house and lay at his feet, but she didn't uncover him and she didn't say, Boaz, I've come, try and tell me something. You know, I really feel it. No, there has to be some decorum about it. Amen. You can consult your pastor to make a way for you. Mama, please, how would you know you are in love and not just the butterfly feelings? The butterfly feelings are of love, but they should not be the main thing you base everything on. That's why I said, let your love abide in wisdom and knowledge. So don't be led just by feelings. Be led by a multitude of counsel. Let godly people counsel you. Let people who know counsel you, but be careful who counsels you. And then from the counseling, you move on that road and then you decide what you want to do. Please, what relation does emotional attachment have to do with love? What role does it play? Oh, emotions play a big part because emotions are also given by God. But when it takes the wrong priority and you are led by emotions and you are not making sense anymore, then something is wrong. So emotions should be part of it, but it's not the first thing. Do you understand? But it's not that love is not feeling at all. As for me, I have to love you. For a woman, we really have to love you so that we can put up with your nonsense. If we don't love you, it will be a problem. So emotions are important. How do you... How do you trust your partner when you came from a home where there's a lot of outbursts between parents? By renewing your mind, Romans 12 verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renew. Renew your mind that God can do a new thing. Renew a mind that you cannot live your parents' lives. Renew your mind that not all men are bad. All men are men, but some men love God and fear God, and that helps. Amen? If you always dream about someone having sex with you, how can you break from it? You can break from it by watching the things you look at and the things you think about. And also, the Bible says in Mark 16, verse 17, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. So you, the believer, have also power to break the power of the enemy over your life. And so it is something that you can take authority over spiritually and break that power. And I would say, if you want to know how to deal with demons, Bishop Dag has written a book, Demons and How to Deal with Them. And then one of the, some of the good messages that we grew up on that taught us about demons was from Derek Prince. He's dead, but he has great messages even on YouTube. Demons and how to them, how to recognize demons. It's very powerful. And as you are listening to it, you will just receive your difference. And demons will go just like when Jesus was preaching in the temple and the demons started to react. And then they left. If you have so many of your guy friends proposing to you and you feel like and you feel you like them, what should you do? You need deliverance. <laughs> Because you can't like so many men at the same time. Something is wrong. So seek counsel, okay? 
Lady Reverend, please, how do you deal with the situation when your beloved is a good and strong Christian, all right, but you belong to a different church? Your pastor also keeps encouraging you to marry from your church. She seems to be tightly bound to the church and quite reluctant about leaving her church to join you. What do you do about it? Well, the Bible says that we should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. But from different churches, you can marry. But the problem is that when the partners or whoever is making the transition is not happy to flow or to change, then it becomes a problem. In my own parents' lives, my father was Methodist. My mother was a staunch Catholic, high up. But she became a Methodist because she loved the man. She became a Methodist and she learned all the Methodist things and ended up being the vice president of the whole Methodist church in Ghana. She married as an outsider. So it depends on you and how your flow is. We are all bound to our churches, but marriage makes you give up something. So the two of you must decide which church you are going to belong to. Some families, the woman goes to Methodist, the man goes to Catholic. I never grew up that way, so I didn't even think of it as an option. But some people live that way. They claim it works for them, but I think there will be some difficulties. Because when we have a convention, you are staying at home. When we have fasting, you have jamboree. When we have this, you have that. And sometimes it brings unnecessary strain on the marriage. So you need to sort that out. Must we have a definition of love? Yeah, love is of God. Love is patient. Love is kind of before all the other things. And then also, love must abound in knowledge and wisdom. So look at the practical things that both of you have in common and don't have in common and see whether it creates a future for you. Lady Reverend, if you love someone, must you have a reason? I think so. I think so. If you sit down and consider, you will know you you love the person. Me personally, I don't believe in love because of my daddy. Sorry. Can something be done about it? I think I've answered that, that you need to renew your mind. And also don't have a grudge against your daddy. Allow God to be the judge. Amen. You just honor him. And then, is it appropriate to have more than one beloved for emotional security? You are not a Christian. You are not a Christian. This is polygamy. So I think I've answered your question. Please. You are listening to Honey on My Lips with Lady Reverend Adlai Thawad Mills. Stay tuned in. Wisdom is better than rubies. Obedience is better than sacrifice. To marry is better than to burn. To be quiet is better than to strive. And the list goes on. Why would you choose the good when you can have the better? In a classic series titled Better Things, Lady Reverend Adelaide Hayward Mills challenges every believer, the young, the old, the married and the single, not to settle for the mediocre, but to aim for the things that God in his ultimate wisdom has classified as being better than others. Better things, a must-have for every believer.
This and other Holy Ghost filled messages through Lady Reverend Adelaide Ward Mills can be purchased from the Vision Bookshop at the Kujesh Lighthouse Chapel International, North Kanishi. Welcome back. I want to add that is it good to have sex with a lady or a woman you will not marry in future? I don't. You, do you know the word of God? The word of God says, flee youthful lusts. It says that we should keep our bodies from fornication. So you cannot sleep with a woman before you marry her. Can someone say he loves you and enjoys solitude, lives far from you, communicates less, always sings to you that he loves you? <laughs> I think that you should look at it seriously. Some people are super reserved. But you see, that's why love cannot stay the way it wants. You have to be willing to change for your partner's sake. So we all have temperaments and they all have their weaknesses. There are also lessons on that. Model marriage is a whole book on temperaments, the kind of love and everything. But I don't think that you can just sit and say, I don't like talking. And then just kill the relationship. Because communication is important. Of course, every... In every marriage, one person talks more than the other. In my marriage, I am the one who talks more. But my husband still talks, and he still gives um, his opinion. And sometimes, depending on the topic, he talks more than I do. And I have to keep quiet for him to lecture me. Do you see? So, it depends. But you can't not communicate. And every time you see your beloved, you just sing. Oh, we should then sing all the things that are in your heart and what you mean. Because she's not getting it. So I think we have to work at our relationships, not to just stay the same. But you, the beloved, ask yourself, can you live with this? Because there are many people in their marriages, they don't talk. Their house is quiet. When you stand behind the window, you will never hear laughter. You will never hear a joke. You will never hear about you, pa, nothing. Solitude, no talking. So please, think about it properly. How to know if the job of your partner really matters in marriage? Well, he should have a job, and he should be somebody who works hard. First, First Thessalonians 3.10, he who does not work must not eat. Then remember, does the tribe of the man really matter in a relationship? If the tribe is stronger than the blood of Jesus, it does. Lady Reverend, please, is it right to wait for a man who has traveled out of the country? You need to use a lot of wisdom, because sometimes they've traveled out of the country. When you call them, a baby is crying. When you ask, they said the baby came to visit them. You see, all that you should know. And sometimes you will never get a paper. I have members like that. Eight years, ten years, no paper. The man cannot come, they cannot go. Why do you marry and hope that it will work? You should look at the probability if it's not going to work. But the Bible says that even when you are fasting, you should come together quickly, lest Satan tempt you. Then you, ten years, you are there. By all means, you'll be tempted and... It's not going to be near well for relationship. So let's be practical Christians. Let's not just live in the clouds. How do I know that the feeling I'm having is love but not lust? Well, lust is all about passion and it's very, how do you say it, rapacious. It's very consuming and it doesn't have any other side to it, you know. But Everybody will experience some lust towards their relationship because they are going to marry the person. But they will not, or some passion, but they will not, um, they will not practice it. 
So yes, you will have some passion towards your beloved, which may well be last, but it doesn't mean that that should all be the only thing that we should. If that's the only thing, then it's pure lust and unalloyed and it's not healthy. How do I stop a relationship without hurting much? I don't think you can. Even God hurts us sometimes because he has to. You know, God makes us go through pain because he has to. So if you have to leave the person and you are going to hurt the person, there's nothing you can do. But you can go about it with some decency. You see, don't just send a text message, I've left you. Those type of foolish people do. I'm talking from experience. Lady Reverend, please, what is the place of temperaments and love languages in building a relationship? Tall order. Temperaments come into a relationship. And especially when you know others' temperaments, it helps to be more accommodating and more understanding. Please, how do you balance God's love with your partner's love? The two must go together. I mean love for God. Well, I think that you must always put God first and seek his kingdom first and other things will be added. But some people in the name of that, they go and do ministry and they don't mind their beloveds. We had people like that in Legon. I had a friend like that who is now one of our bishops. He would come and leave his bag in the beloved's room. Then he would go out and do visitation from ship to ship, ship to ship, ship to ship. Then when they are closing the hall in Volta Hall, he would come for his bag and he would say, I've visited you. But it wasn't because he wanted to be mean. He didn't understand. And he felt that he was Brother Ujasho. He has to, you know, go for ministry. And so then the beloved came to report to me. And I was his mate. So I said to him that, don't leave your bag when you come. Because you are just trying to solve your con. Don't leave your bag in any room. Take it from ship to ship. And when you finish, don't pass by this room. Go. Said, oh, Mami, what are you saying? Then... I told the beloved in secret, the beloved had this TA who was her friend, but she was not interested in. And then when the TA comes to visit her, this brother will be bored. So I told her, let the TA visit you. When he he will sit up. And surely he sat up. So um, <laughs> I think that we should talk about it. We should talk about how we are going to combine. And I did a lot of visitation with my husband also. So that helped me. But after the visitation, then he will say, Okay, so I visited you. I said, it's not a visit. We went place to place, ministering to people. You say you visited me. And later when we got married, we preached. He said that one of the things that shocked me was I'll go and visit the ship with my beloved. When we come back, I'll say I visited you. She said, it's not, it's, it's not scoring. So the person doesn't have any bad mind, but we all think differently. We all don't know a lot of things. And it's a learning care for everybody. So you need to be patient so that you minister to one another. Amen. God bless you, Mama. Please, how can you grow your love when both of you are busy with academic work? <clears throat> Make time for it. Time management. Make time for everything, including your beloved dozing. My husband had papers in his pocket, what he called pathways. So he will bring pathways to visit me. And then maybe somebody will come in and talk about something and you know, my husband doesn't talk much, so he'll take his pathways and then he'll be learning. When the person goes, then he'll put his pathways back in his pocket and talk to me. And then if I have to go and cook, whatever, he'll be sitting there. But as I'm cooking, staring the stew, he's still learning. So there are ways in which, and there were times when we are on holiday. I used to stay at Ringway Estate. He was at Osuba. It was just a walking distance. So he would come and visit me. And we would drink coffee together. I didn't drink coffee up to today. But he would drink coffee. 
And there were people also in the house, but we will be in the dining room area and we'll be learning. And at a point, oh, let's break tension. Then we'll go for a walk and all that. Then we'll come back. So there are ways and means of doing your beloved. So the Bible says in Proverbs 11, 1, God hates a false balance. So try and have a good balance, but plan for it that at this time I'll have my quiet time. At this time I'll study. At this time I'll visit my beloved. And those of you who visit your beloved in the night and sleep on their beds in the night, your beloved is not a stone. The Bible didn't say encourage evil last. He says flee. So please, you have flesh. You are not a stone. So don't make provision for the flesh. Amen. Lady Reverend, I believe the word chronicle suggests an order of some sort. That's why it starts with agape. Then it goes to Philae. Then it goes to Eros. My question is, that, is that so? Yeah. If love is, the form of, is in a form of order, are there stages of love? I'm sure, like friendship, that you get to know each other. Then I said, in a circle, you'll be clo- go drawing closer. You see that some people are getting closer than others. For instance, we used to have all nights every Friday. That reminds me, I have an all night. <laughs> every Friday. And then, after the all night, we'll go for dawn broadcast. Then when we finish dawn broadcast, everybody will be going to their halls. Then my husband and I, we were just friends, but we will find that we are the last in the group walking. And when we get to the front of Volta Hall, he will sit by the flower bed, and it will be like four, but we'll talk until about seven. You know, then we will part ways to go and sleep for the morning. So in the group, there are still people who are closer to each other. So in stages, friendship, getting to know each other, getting closer generally, and then zeroing in on the two of you. Is that not so? Please, do you need to change who you are as a person to be able to gain the woman of your dreams? I don't think so. It depends on what you mean by change. I think that we should all be ourselves. So I don't like that, you know, when you have a beloved, you have to pose so that the person would think you are something else. Then later, no, what you see is what you get. You know, so be yourself so that the person will truly love you for who you are. And that makes the friendship authentic. But if you mean changing like, you know, sometimes some sisters say, I don't like him because he picks his nose. It's not only that she doesn't like you because of that, but it's socially not good. So you change. So all of us have to change for the better. After all, in Christ, we are changed from glory to glory. So there is some kind of change, but not change of who you are at the core. At the age of 16 to 20 years, is it good for a boy and girl to promise both of you down for marriage? I don't think so. Why should you fix your telescope so quickly in one direction? Hey, meet so many people after that you choose. I think it's better. But usually when people, some people make that covenant. I have friends like that from, is it from one? And then they went on and on. And they did marry. They did marry after uni. So sometimes, but often not. How do you choose your marriage partner in spite of so many lovers? Hey. You people, when you love somebody, usually you zero in. You don't have so many people you love. Then you have a problem. Go and solve it. How do you graduate from friendship to marriage without failure? Um, pray about, without being bounced, you mean. 
Pray about your relationship and also the brothers. I don't know. Sometimes you don't gauge rightly. You know, and, 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 and what you think means the sister is game. It's not game at all. And sometimes the sisters too, you hear wedding bells early. So, Lady Reverend, because he sends me notes, he cares about me. But he's doing that in school of hygiene, school of uh, allied sciences and medical school. He's doing it everywhere. So, it's not just you. You are not special. So, it's good to stay open to avoid unnecessary heartaches. And the brothers, my husband had a friend who was his mate. And I had my friend. But before then, my husband said his friend was interested in my friend. At that time, when my... And I said, your friend will bounce. My husband said, oh, it's not true. It's not true. He won't bounce. She likes him. I said, ah, the person is my friend. And I'm telling you, she doesn't like this, your friend. He will not listen. And then he gave me reasons. He said, eh, even when Gamsu went to the north, he bought her bag and slippers. She was very happy. I said, ah. It doesn't mean that she likes him. Anyway, long story short, the brother came to propose and he fell on his face flat like this, boom. You see, so sometimes I don't know how the brothers read. When you are being nice, there was a guy that was my convert and he was a Buddhist to start with. And by God's grace, I brought him to Christ, nurtured him. And he was so convinced I was in love with him. When I had a beloved, I said, ah, how is the person thinking? I kept telling you, I don't like you. He said that he saw my friends going to the library and they were whispering, hey, that's my miss guy. I said, me. My friends don't even know you anyway. I said and said and said, it didn't sink. Till eventually I had to become nasty before the person would get the message. So brothers, sometimes you get the message, but you refuse to get the message. You know? And sometimes you should ask clearly. Like my husband used to ask me. So, if someone... Where to ask you the million dollar question, what will you say? What's million dollar question? He said, Oh, I mean, if a brother came to propose to you, what will you say? Me too, I had my answer. So I said, I wonder. I should come and say, I will say, Yeah, I will never say that. He said, Oh, I wonder. He said, Yeah, then you frame it another way. I said, Oh, I wish I knew. I had all my answers ready. <laughs> so, sisters, don't hear till you hear. My first question is when is the right time for a couple? to be in a relationship, to make themselves known to their parents. I think when the relationship is very serious and you know that you are getting close to marriage, but as you visit your beloved and your beloved visits you, your parents will know indirectly. But then when there's a formal introduction, then really you are on the threshold of marrying. Aside the fact that the couple have a counselor that helps them grow, yes. So I think that with that, then your parents will know. They will know naturally, but you would also tell them, well, I told my mother, but, oh, I have a beloved. My father, dear, I was afraid, but I told my mother. And then it starts from there. You also tell your mother, then they will see. When the guy comes, good evening. Please, I was looking for mommy. Uh, then they will see the person is coming. They are not children. They can also see. But the formal introduction comes on the shoulder of marriage. Thank you very much for enlightening us. Please, I want to know if God shows us the right marriage partner in dreams or prophecies. God can do that, but a prophecy is always backed by the word. And the Bible also says, test all prophecies. So test the prophecy. And also, if God gives you a vision, 
he will give the other person to a vision. When he spoke to Mary, he went and spoke to Joseph in a dream. So that by the time the two met, they were at Edom. They were of the same mind. So God cannot speak to you and give you a vision. And then me, he has not spoken to me. So pray that he also give me a vision. So that we both will walk along. I want to know whether God can speak to you. But I don't think that God forces into marriage. Because First Corinthians 7, Paul says, let her marry whom she will. So God takes your will into consideration after you have met all the points on his word. I want to know whether God can speak to you about the right person you need to be with. Yes, Holy Spirit convicts us, leads us, and shows us. That's why I say wait on God. Go somewhere. Spend time praying. Don't be moved by the outward. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. If some of you know, my husband says that, not that he says, my husband prayed for one year to know whether what he was feeling was of God. And what he told me was that, He wanted to pray before he gets all emotional and cannot hear God. And that we should both pray. So I also prayed and uh, waited to see what next. So I had my answer. But then we met later on when school was reopening. And he said he believed that this is what God wanted him to do. And then I had also got my answer already. So we flowed along. Assuming you are dating and mistakenly see your guy's manhood. And you don't like it because it's small. (laughs) Is it advisable to continue? How do you know what is small, what is medium, and what is big? It means that you are an experimenter. Because how do you know that? And then also, it's even a marriage counseling manual. It has been proven medically that that does not affect the quality of sexual relationship people have, nor their fertility. Because biologically, you are the science people. It is proven that in the act, the organ enlarges. Amen? So this is they put the, uh, uh, South Africa, there's a lot of that. Enlargement of here, enlargement of that. Enlargement, you have all this enlargement and you are still not satisfied because that is not what brings satisfaction. Okay? So I don't think it's, it's going to, you mistakenly saw his mind, it cannot be. How? <laughs> you need to renew your mind. See, you've been in the world a lot and you've done things. Because when I was getting married, I didn't know all these things. But I knew that I loved the person and enough was enough. Okay, so you are probably watching things, reading things, looking at things and knowing things and it gives you a wrong picture and you look for things that don't exist and in the end, you are the poorer. Last one, Lady Reverend, in your speech you said, love does not matter how the man or woman, I will rephrase. Lady Reverend, in your speech you said, it does not matter the standard of living. It's not the standard of living. It's, uh, it's not the standard, the station of life. Standard of living is how expensive things are or how not expensive. So the station of life of the couple, of the woman or the man. But Lady Reverend, when a man who wants to marry you and in the process of the preparation, he attempts to sleep with you. Ah, is it the same question? Should you leave him or let him go on with the marriage? <laughs> Every man is tempted. So in our marriage counseling, we say, 
women are often stronger when it comes to sex. But this generation, I don't know. You are a different generation altogether. The things you talk about, look, when we hear, we feel dizzy. We can't. But every man will be tempted to be intimate with you. And you, the woman, will be tempted to be intimate with the man. But a woman's intimacy doesn't usually start from the sexual, unless she has been really exposed. You know, a woman's intimacy is hold me, cuddle me. That, that's your intimacy, but it also leads to sexual things. So you all have that temptation. And you all have to flee youthful lust. And you all have to possess your vessels. So even if he wants to sleep with you, what we counsel is you walk away. You leave. And you should discuss this as beloveds before you get into the relationship. Not that when you, you are saying, hmm, so is it a sin to hold you here? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's all right. You will say all right, all right, because you are in the heat of passion. So you should know that the Bible says we should flee also uncleanliness. So it's not just fornication, but fornication is a journey, a road. You start with this, 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 then you get there. So flee youthful lust. When Joseph was being chased by Potiphar's wife. He didn't sit there to explain 25 reasons why I can't sleep with you. He ran and he left his coat there. That is what it entails to keep yourself pure because our sexual drives are very strong, especially the brothers. So you, the ladies, should put the brakes on and should not be the ones removing your skirts because men are moved by sight more than women. Women are basically moved more by touch. Amen? So... Help your beloved stay pure for your own sake and for God's sake. Amen. I hope I'm saying something. It's been two years now and I'm still confused to say yes to the marriage. I don't think you should break up because of that. But I think you should seek counseling, both of you. And be open with your counselor. Your counselor will not condemn you. It's the sick who need a physician, not those who are well. So if you are sick in that area, I mean, spiritually, you need help. You should not shun to seek help. We are too secretive Christians, and we'll be dying inside, decaying inside. I want to, you see, we are the best Hollywood actors. We, we give a certain picture outside. It's not right. Seek help. And when you are given the counsel, walk by it. And you said, finally, that I said, um, the station of life doesn't matter. I said when you have two jobs, you usually should be able to manage on that. Yes, you will save. Yes, you will prepare. But you won't have everything you need. You see, you can't wait that. I want my beloved, when he buys a car, and then he buys a fridge and a freezer, and then he buys a television, and then he buys furniture, that's when we'll marry. When we married, we lived in one apartment given to us by my father-in-law. But we both had jobs, and that was enough for us. There were times when there were dry seasons, but it's part of love, and it's part of growing up. And then you grow into whatever goes you. And brothers, when you become successful, don't just start to talk to your wife anyhow, control her. Remember when you were nothing, and you looked like a skeleton. She married you. God bless you. I think that we should not be... Too spooky about love. We should use our mind and we should also use good counsel. The Bible says, by good counsel, wage war. God bless you. Because of that.
You've just finished hearing this message and I cannot leave you without giving you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. You want to say, Lady Reverend Adley, pray for me. I don't know whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. I'm not sure of where I will go or my destination. I want to make things right with God. I want to start afresh with God. I want Jesus to come into my life and be the Lord of my life. If you want to have Jesus as the Lord of your life, I just want to invite you to say this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Take my life and come inside and be the Lord of my life. Thank you for coming to die for me, Jesus. Thank you for rising from the dead so that I may have eternal life. And thank you that by this prayer, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Jesus, come in and be Lord of my life. Amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the CDs and DVDs advertised on today's program, or to find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kanishi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.